Welcome, happy morning, age to age. You'll say, hell today is vanquished. Heaven is won today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We have come together this morning to worship and celebrate the most profoundly impactful moment for humanity, for the history of history, that is Jesus' miraculous resurrection from the dead. This is the greatest day that God has made since the creation itself. Light in the darkness. The Lord has risen indeed. But be that as it may, for a lot of folks, and I'm certainly not wagging my finger at anyone because I was, this is the way I felt for a good bit of my early adult life. The miracle, Jesus of miracles is part of the Christianity that they don't especially like. I've heard it said many times, things like, I want something more practical. I want something more useful, something that really matters, like helping my marriage or becoming a better parent or whatever. One of our Lenten preachers called this the Mr. Rogers interpretation of Jesus, that is, a tame God who enters our lives with a cardigan sweater on and says, Won't you be my neighbor? And tells nice people how to be nicer people. But what we want and what we need, however, are often two different things. Considering the human condition, we really don't need a tame God at all. We desperately need a Jesus who is both man and God, before whom the mountains quake and the storms of the sea obey. We need a Jesus that we meet in today's scripture, a life-conquering death, Jesus, to give us hope. Of course, this kind of faith is a bad reputation. As Mark Twain once said, faith is believing what you know ain't so. But brothers and sisters, the objective reality of Easter morning is based on evidence. In the middle of the last century, a very well-known trial lawyer uh, in London, his name was Anderson, uh, set out to disprove the resurrection based on evidence that he could gain, both in and out of the Bible, and he presented this to a jury in a mock trial, and in doing, gathering his information, uh, he was converted to Christianity. And he renamed his pamphlet, Evidences of the Resurrection. Now, thanks to the generosity of one of our parishioners through the Dean's Discretionary Fund, we are prepared to offer you one of these pamphlets free of charge. And the the ushers can point you as you leave. They can point you in the right uh, direction. Now, if you, uh, to pick one of these up, and if you previously uh, purchased one of these and feel slighted because this morning we are now giving them away, then email me and I will give you a refund. My email uh, address is andrewpearson at cathedraladvent.com. <laughs> but the point is how, how, how absurd are the theories for those who want to Uh, disregard or deny the resurrection. And wherever you are in your Christian journey, uh, Anderson pamphlet uh, is an intriguing and a wonderful read. But brothers and sisters, how I wish that this morning you could not hear my voice, but the voice of God, when I say to you, don't let any well-meaning skeptic talk you out of the reality of Easter morning. To quote St. Paul, in fact, 
In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Outside of the resurrection of Jesus, there's no hope. The preacher in Ecclesiastes, Koheleth, was his Hebrew name. He knew the world at its very best, and the final conclusion for him was vanity of vanities. But because of the hope that was born on that first Easter morning, everything changes. And we don't have to live without hope. And I want to mention very briefly three kinds of Easter hope. First is hope in times of trouble and despair and tribulation. In a, in a recent New Yorker calendar cartoon, is this street grocer in New York on Avenue in New York City. He has his fresh fruits uh, out on display as a woman with her child passes by and as she looks over and she finds grapes of wrath, figs of fear, kumquats of longing and melons of lost dreams. Could this be the grocery store in which she shopped from time to time or maybe a good deal of the time? But in the midst of fears and lost dreams and longings of troubles of every kind, we find hope. From the Lord who said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I, oh, I have overcome the world. And in light of Easter morning, these words have meaning, don't they? In light of Easter mornings, these words shine in the darkness, for we can be assured that it is God, not our problems, but it is God who has the last word. And our trials and our sorrows are but fleeting moments in the face of eternity. And second, we have hope in the midst of our sins. And guilt, we say in our confession that our sins are grievous unto us and the burden of them is intolerable. Sadly, for some, these words are kind of lip service. But I want to quote once again, as I did on Christmas Eve, uh, the great 18th century English preacher George Whitfield. He's perhaps the most influential one preacher that ever preached in America. This is from a sermon that he preached in 1755. Dear friends, examine your hearts. Was ever the remembrance of your sins grievous to you? Was the burden of your sins intolerable to your thoughts? Did you ever see that God's wrath might justly fall upon you on account of your actual transgressions against God? Did, did ever any such thing as this pass between God and your soul? If not for Jesus Christ's sake, do not call yourself Christian. You may speak peace to your heart, he said, but there is no peace. Now, whether we like it or not, Whitfield's words are very true to Scripture. But here's what else is true to Scripture. And that is that no sinner is so vile that he cannot be cleansed by the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And Jesus' resurrection from the dead is God's pledge to us that he who loved us, freed us from our sins, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 1.5. And finally, we have hope. In the midst of our greatest enemy, death. Shall we be influenced by the skeptics to agree with the likes of Freud, Carl Jung, Mortimer Adler, and others that our death, our mortality is final and that that mortality is the fundamental and tragic predicament of the human race? Or shall we agree with St. Paul, who said with Utter conviction. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man also has come the resurrection of the dead. For as an Adam all die also in Christ shall all be made alive. 
a parishioner friend of mine not long ago uh, reminded me of something uh, that I said to him minutes after his mother had died. We were standing there over her dead body. There is a stark, there's a cold finality to death. And I put my hand on his, on his mother's shoulder and I felt called finally to say to him, to say to him, friend, Jesus was once just this dead. And he looked at me for what seemed to be several seconds and then just smiled. Dear people of God, I have tried to say in just a few words that we need more than a Mr. Rogers kind of God, a, a Mr. Rogers kind of God, a very nice gentleman who does not intervene in our lives. No, indeed. We need a God of unlimited power who does intervene in our lives, who suffered death just as we will suffer death. But he did not stay dead. Easter happened. Easter happened in time and history. Look at the evidence. And because of that reality, we have light in the darkness. We have hope. First, we have hope in this broken world of fears, wrath, longings, lost dreams. Second, we have hope despite our sinful condition because our sins rest on Christ who is the eternal Savior. And finally, we have hope even in the midst of death. Did not Jesus promise he who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Few documents are more moving than the letters of Christian martyrs. John Bradford was an English reformer and remorter. By the way, he's best remembered for his utterance there, but by the grace of God goes I. One week before he was burned at the stake, 1555, John Bradford wrote to his mother these words. I die, my good mother, as a witness to Christ. I acknowledge that God most justly might take me hence simply for my sins, which are many, great, and grievous. But the Lord, for his mercy's sake in Christ, hath pardoned them all, I hope. And now, dear mother, he taketh me hence by this death as a confessor and witness, that the religion taught by Jesus Christ is God's truth. Therefore, my good and mo most dear mother, give thanks for me to God that he hath made me the fruit of your womb to be a witness to his glory. I confess to the whole world, I die and depart this life in the hope of a much better one, which I look for at the hands of God my Father, through the merits of his only dear Son, Jesus Christ. Thus, my dear mother, I take my last farewell of you in this life, beseeching the Almighty and Eternal Father by Christ to grant us to meet again in the life to come, where we shall give him continual thanks and praise forever and ever. This man, John Bradford, he knew the reality and hope of Easter morning. May God grant us all faithful hearts to sing, Welcome, happy morning, age to age shall say, Hell today is vanquished, heaven is one today. Amen.